Aloha and welcome to this special edition of Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, holistic products for body, mind, and soul, and PurePlanEssentials.com, organic aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today we are joined once again by eminent author and shamanic teacher and healer, Nikki Scully. Nikki has been teaching healing, shamanic arts, and the Egyptian mysteries since 1983. She is a lineage holder in the hermetic tradition of Thoth, her teacher and mentor. With Thoth, she developed alchemical healing, a comprehensive healing form that is practiced by thousands of practitioners internationally. In the late 80s, Nikki founded Shamanic Journeys and continues to guide inner journeys and spiritual pilgrimages to Egypt and other sacred sites. Nikki lives in Eugene, Oregon, where she maintains a healing and shamanic consulting practice. Nikki's most recent books are The Anubis Oracle, A Journey into the Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt, Book and Card Deck, and Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt, Awakening the Healing Power of the Heart, both co-authored with Linda Starwolf and illustrated by Chris Walter. Nikki is also the author of Alchemical Healing, A Guide to Spiritual, Physical, and Transformational Medicine, and Power Animal Meditations, Shamanic Journeys with Your Spirit Allies. To learn more about Nikki and to register for our upcoming Shamanic Journey to Egypt this November 6-21, to 2009, please visit shamanicjourneys.com. That's shamanicjourneys.com or call 1-800-937-2991. In this series of Conversations to Enlighten and Heal, we will be journeying with Nikki into the shamanic mysteries of ancient Egypt. Today's show answers the question, why Egypt? Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Nikki Scully. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, KG. I'm always delighted to talk with you about my favorite subject. Well, wonderful. Why Egypt, Nikki? Why would someone want to go to Egypt? Um, I'm pretty well traveled, and to me, Egypt is the most um, magical, potent, um, magnificent power place on the planet. It <clears throat> the people who built those monuments oh so many thousands of years ago <clears throat> built them to last, built them with intention that is so strong and potent that these thousands of years later they're still ringing with those truths mm -hmm. and those truths that they thought were so important to put on the walls of their monuments mm -hmm. are still relevant today and perhaps particularly relevant for all of us right now with the challenges that we're going through mm -hmm. and our need to remember ourselves mm -hmm to become whole again, which includes uh, healing the connections to our ancestry mm -hmm. and remembering and living consistent with the truths that everyone lived by uh, at certain enlightened times on the planet, in certain enlightened cultures, mm -hmm. and that seems to have fallen by the wayside mm -hmm. um, in the centuries where we lost our way, so to speak. Mm -hmm. 
So you've led, um, I, you were just telling me before the show that you just found out that you've led more trips to Egypt than anyone else. Well, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I, I want to qualify that by saying that the people that I work with in Egypt, Crest Travel, do um, almost all of the, the spiritual tours to Egypt. And I've been working for 17 years with Muhammad Nazmi, actually, since before he started Quest Travel. Mm-hmm. And he's had the pulse of Egypt since the uh, early 80s. And there are quite a number of certainly better-known people than I that have taken groups to Egypt and that have delved into the mysteries there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of consistency and tenacity <laughs> um, and perseverance, apparently I'm one of the last left standing wow. of the old-timers. Now, I first went to Egypt in 1978, mm-hmm. and I went four times in that first year and then I came back and studied and didn't go back until 89 and I've been taking trips at first yearly and then twice yearly and sometimes Mm -hmm. leading as many as three or four trips yearly Mm -hmm. and of course arranging trips for other leaders and other people and uh, you know it's just I guess uh According to the people I work with, <laughs> I I have earned that distinction. I don't know if anybody knows different. I'd like to know about it. Yes, well, that's wonderful. I mean, I think that that gives you definitely a lot of credibility for leading a uh, trip to Egypt. Yeah. So it uh, also gives me some perks <laughs> 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 and some capacity to have some privileges that yes. it's taken me a long time yes. to earn. Yes. But the real reason is because it's my belief, and I, I, my company, you know, although I started taking groups to Egypt, people love traveling with shamanic journeys, and so we would wind up, they'd say, well, well I want to go to Peru, or I want to go to Tibet, or Greece, and, or Mexico, so I've, I've taken groups to a lot of places, but I keep coming back to Egypt because yes. Egypt is, is where I live, and I think Egypt in some ways is the loudest voice mm-hmm. um, embedded within the stones of Egypt yes, yes. to provide us maps to yes. the transformation yes. that we're requiring yes. right now. Yes, you did a tour to Egypt with renowned cellular biologist Dr. Bruce Lipton last year, and Bruce says that the rocks and crystalline structures of the ancient monuments of Egypt act like amplifiers of a magnificent amount of energy. He calls it a source for virtually infinite power. Could you talk about this phenomenon? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, yes, the stones uh, convey that power, but but they also, the, the journey through Egypt, when you go through Egypt in this way and explore the mysteries in the way that we do, each of us becomes the... Mm, recipient of that energy mm-hmm. it's almost like you're being wrung 
like a tuning fork mm -hmm. against the or with the frequencies that are emanating and radiating through those monuments and by the time that you pass through all the rites of passage mm -hmm. every person who goes through this process is um, vibrating at this new to most of us higher frequency mm -hmm. and then we act like tuning forks for, for everybody with whom we interact. Mm -hmm. So we, even if we're speechless and can't even talk about it, which a mm -hmm. lot of people are, they still have an effect just by their presence and by what they've been through in the process. Mm -hmm. And uh, another point that comes up for me is there? there is a, uh, a writer named Jeremy Nadler that mm -hmm. wrote a book. He's written a number of wonderful books, but his the first book that I know of that he wrote on Egypt is called The Temple of the Cosmos, mm -hmm. in which he really explains more clearly the thought processes of the Egyptians and how they lived and felt about the mysteries that are described in these monuments and what he says and it, it, it's inherent in the title is that all of the monuments of Egypt all of the pyramids and temples throughout the land create a singular temple complex mm -hmm. along the Nile that is a reflection back to our source in the stars mm -hmm. of oh that's such a beautiful image one huge temple in honor of the source mm -hmm. of intelligent life here mm -hmm. on this planet. And I hear the as above, so below. Exactly. So what the ancient Egyptians did over a period of a number of centuries is create that reflection in a very physical way, mm -hmm. imbue it as adepts mm -hmm. with spirit that then informs us when we come into presence with an open heart mm -hmm. and a questing mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been doing that makes this different than most people going to Egypt, even on spiritual trips, is that I have been gathering uh, as I've made, you know, close to 40 journeys mm -hmm. through these monuments, I've been given maps. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like a cartographer of the inner planes. It's the same thing with my alchemical healing work, my planetary healing work, or anything that I do. My way and my gift is to be given these maps mm -hmm. so that at each monument I can guide people so that they can have their own direct experience mm -hmm. of the teachings of the moment. Mm -hmm. So what we've been focusing on the last few years is the development of the maps which allow us to connect with and 
sustain our realization of our own divinity. Mm-hmm. And through that, come to a place where we can co-create with the divine source. Mm-hmm. Which is what it's all about. And in doing so, that that is a way we can find solutions to the problems yes, and challenges exactly. that face us both individual, exactly. individually and as, a, as cultures yes. and... Uh, Global, a global community. Yes. So, what are these initiations we'll be doing? Where do they come from, and what purpose do they serve, Nikki? Well, it always changes a little bit, and so I can speak about where we've come to in the past, and there are certainly, um, I mean, there's a huge. Um, domain of possibilities to draw from mm-hmm. and yet I'm always open to what's new and what's the next step um, how we can go deeper what the moment requires mm-hmm. and so I can't give a detailed itinerary of what exactly we're going to be doing because I don't know. It, mm-hmm. Even if I say it it, it, it could change in the moment, and I don't want to limit myself. But if if people were to look at what has been written and published on my work in Egypt, you'll find that Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt, that was co-authored with myself and the amazing, uh, my visionary accomplice, um, Linda Starwolf, you'll see uh, that two rounds of this map, which we're able to accomplish in a tour to Egypt, not by doing every single one, but by combining and and being there and the amplification that that provides, Mm -hmm. you'll see that this is a way of going through Egypt. And then regardless of whether you come with us and and read them as preparation or go on your own, Mm -hmm. these maps are still viable. They're Mm -hmm. even viable if you just use them in your home. And what I found is that the people who take the time and attention to follow the maps in Shamanic Mysteries of Mm -hmm. Egypt. And I highly recommend that. I've been doing them myself. It's wonderful preparation, and they are very powerful. And and what that ultimately does, when you then journey with me to Egypt, having done those rites on your own, even if we do similar rites, you will have moved yourself to a level where you will have a much deeper, more profound experience because you already will have made Yes. Or begun the relationships with yes. the you meta That's sort of the blueprint for the, the experience exactly. to happen. Yes. Yes. And then the other uh, map or the 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 twin of Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt is the Anubis Oracle that you now have a whole radio show on mm-hmm. that we did last week. Yes. And that's also um, co-authored with Linda Starwolf. Yes. 
and so those are those are two published maps that give an idea of the work that I do. Yes. Yeah, that's a practical way of those initiations, a practical way of integrating the material, the the you know, the experience you had in the initiations is a practical way of continuing to engage with those energies and have them work in your life on a daily basis or however you choose to work with the oracle, the Anubis oracle. It's, one of the things that's so interesting is that people who, uh, well, many, many people have an interest in Egypt just because it's so intriguing or because they've had dreams where these images just spontaneously appear in their lives, or for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yet, um, people who have had no exposure or interest, when they suddenly get called or find themselves interacting with um, the Pantheon, through dreams or through these published works or through a trip to Egypt, suddenly their life changes. It's it's incredible to me. Well, it's become quite credible because I've taken so many hundreds, certainly well over a thousand people to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And the stories that I get and the way that the groups continue to communicate with each other mm-hmm after we've returned is evidence to me of the power of the work that we do. It's really quite a phenomena that I've been witnessing in... How rich and meaningful and soulful. It's a soul journey, really. Well, it's a soul journey, and it's transformative. Transformative, which to me is the bigger world. It's more than change. It's transformation. It's a dissolving of an old form or way of being. Which is why we call it a shamanic journey. Yes. Because everyone, regardless of why they think they're going to Egypt, in some way experiences the shamanic death, rebirth, or shamanic death, illumination, regeneration, and rebirth. Mm -hmm. That is part of the shamanic journey. It's just so amplified Mm -hmm. when you do it in Egypt. Mm Oh yes, you're on the the, the main stage. It's interesting that you put it that way because it's like to be able to do these work in the temples, mm-hmm. mostly in privacy, is it's it's awesome yes. beyond yes. the ability to articulate. Yes. And let's emphasize that, you know, how uh, will will we be able to have our own private rituals and experiences of the temples, Nikki? Um, as long as I have sufficient numbers of people, we will have almost every everything private. Yes, I mean the last which is very uh, the last several years. It's been that way with every one of my journeys. Yeah. We have had uh, privacy in almost every every temple there's a couple of places where because of our schedule we you know being tied to the cruise schedule of a boat but even the boat will alter its schedule a little bit so that we can arrive at Kamombo say at a time when there aren't when there isn't anybody yes. else there even if we don't have a special 
private before or after hours visit. But mostly we have been able to maintain um, the privileges to have, uh, (laughs) it's been incredible. You know, I'm I'm at loathe to even speak of all the things we've been able to do. Uh, just well, it it let's just suffice it to say that we we I have earned some very special privileges. Yes, and wonderful. I'm really delighted to be able to share. Oh, that. Wonderful. Well, tell us about the story briefly. Tell tell us about the story of Osiris and how the temples of Egypt came to be built. Well, the 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 myth of Isis and Osiris is the story of the Zeptepi, the first times when the land was said to be ruled by the enlightened rulership of Isis and Osiris, who were mm, seeded onto the planet by the great sky mother goddess Newt in her interaction with the the green man of the earth in in the Egyptian pantheon known as Jeb and as a result of their uh, the coming together of earth and sky in that special way Newt became pregnant and eventually I I don't have time to tell the whole story here I actually do it at the Temple of Isis at Philae wonderful and we are going to be there on 11-11 Ah, and, uh, yes. thank you for that remembrance. Yes. yes. Um, so this is I. Uh, that's another thing that makes this so awesome. We are in a an eleven two thousand nine is an eleven gateway year. We're there in Egypt on eleven eleven, and I just feel there is an awesome, powerful time to get these transmissions. There are going to be things happening, and transmissions going on that if we are attuned to them, will totally transform us in unimaginable ways. So I I, I just want to complete the thing about the Isis-Osiris mystery because it is fundamental to what happens for everybody that comes to Egypt on one of these shamanic journeys. Mm -hmm. Um, Isis and Osiris fell in love in the womb, and then they came into rulership of the green lands along the river of the Nile mm-hmm. uh, and uh, whereas their brother Set was given the the red lands, the desert lands and he became jealous he didn't manage his land that well and then he became jealous of Osiris, I'm not going to get into all the reasoning here, but he murdered him, it's mm-hmm. very much the Cain and Abel story mm-hmm. and Isis, as the bereft widow, went and found him and raised him from the dead sufficiently to conceive their son Horus so that he could grow to inherit the enlightened rulership of his father. Mm -hmm. Well, Set, the brother who murdered Osiris, um, found him and murdered him again, and this time to make sure that he would be dead, dead, dead. He cut him up in 14 pieces and scattered those pieces throughout Egypt. And when Isis and her son Anubis and her sister Nephthys went to find the pieces of Osiris to 
put him back together again, to remember him at every place where they found one of those pieces, a temple was erected. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the ways that that temple complex of those temples in Egypt came to be. And so mm-hmm. our journey becomes a journey of remembering mm-hmm. ourselves, mm-hmm. a journey of becoming whole again. Yes. And so that's definitely another very strong why Egypt. Yeah. Yes. So that's starting to lead me to think about what what will be our next discussion. Yes. Well, who are Isis, Os- Osiris, and Horus symbolic of? What do they represent for us in our own psyches? Well, Isis is, of course, the great mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osiris is now become the lord of the underworld mm-hmm. and he represents the um, the renewal the the capacity that we all have to uh, transform transmutate re- and uh, to die and be resurrected again mm-hmm. I mean if, if you look at it in terms of the Christian faith it, it, it is the previous story of uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Horus being the son that grows to uh, become the divine leader. Mm-hmm. In, in Enlightened means it direct connected to source and leading from that place. Mm-hmm. And that's the object of the mysteries in the shamanic mysteries of Egypt mm-hmm. is uh, to uh, become a Horus, to become as the Pharaoh. All Pharaohs are named Horus, mm-hmm. uh, the divine and enlightened leader with mm-hmm. full authority mm-hmm. in and of oneself. Mm-hmm. And if we all live like that, it would be a very, mm-hmm. very different oh, world. Yes. So oh yes, I I really wish to invite all your listeners to join us and on, on this trip in November and to engage further uh, by listening to the ongoing series that we are having. Um, I think the next one we should probably focus on, on some of the specific Netaru that will assist us oh, in wonderful. this. Uh, Sekhmet comes to wonderful. mind. Hathor. Hathor and Sekhmet are like two... Uh, sides of the same coin and so I can get into their story and what they have to offer us. I'm, I'm really sensing that that should be our next oh, wonderful. move and wonderful. I invite everybody to come to my website and shamanicjourneys.com and look at the various articles um, and uh, you know and and see and email me or connect to me on Facebook and communicate about, you know, ask me your questions. Great. Wonderful. Wonderful invitation. Thank you. Um, Do you have any other stories or anything else you'd like to add before we close, Nikki? Um, I... 
I don't feel like we're closing. I feel like we are opening. <laughs> and that uh, it's more of a stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's lots more we're going to be oh, sharing yeah. in our discussions together, and I, I really look forward to it. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about this opportunity to share my beloved Egypt in this way with you, KG. And I hope... Uh, I hope lots of people listen and and it piques your interest and you know and uh, tune in next time. Okay. Well, to learn more about Nikki and her work as a shamanic teacher and healer, or to learn about and register for our upcoming shamanic journey to Egypt this November 6 to 21, 2009, please visit shamanicjourneys.com. That's shamanicjourneys.com, or call 1-800-937-2991. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. See you in two weeks when we'll be journeying further into the shamanic mystery of ancient Egypt and we will focus on the Netaru. Thanks again, Nikki. It's been a pleasure. As always, thank you, KG.